Today's episode of Peers to Peers is powered by Shopify, the leading global commerce company that's shaping today's entrepreneurial economy. What started as three mates in a coffee shop trying to sell a snowboard has ended in thousands of employees around the world, bringing over 1.7 million businesses to life. You could say Shopify is a peer to us and entrepreneurs around the world. So peers, if you're looking to start your own business, head to shopify.com.au for your 14-day free trial. Welcome to the Peers to Peers podcast, powered by Shopify. Peers speaking, peers listening. This is a conversation for you. I'm your host, Michelle Kidnor, founder of leading Australian podcast agency, The Peers Project, and your fellow passionate peer. Each week, I invite an inspiring millennial entrepreneur from around the globe to chat with me. No filters, just real talk, peer-to-peer. Together, we unpack what it takes to go your own way and why there's nothing better. As always, thank you for listening. If you enjoy our podcast, please do pass it on. The more peers, the merrier. Hello, peers, and welcome to the Peers to Peers podcast, powered by Shopify. When did you realize you were an entrepreneur? For today's guest, Lizelle Pratt, it was when she created a jewelry business at the age of 16. After selling her jewelry at London's infamous Camden Market, today, Lizelle is a Forbes 30 under 30 listee and the co-founder of fintech company Capitalize. In today's episode, powered by Shopify, Lizelle shares how being constantly out of her comfort zone as a child led her to cultivate risk-taking skills, the ever-present gender divide in finance, and how she achieved great things without a formal education. For those of you who haven't yet posted about our podcast on your socials, or if you're new here, welcome. And please do take a screenshot of this episode right now Post it to your Instagram story and tag us at The Peers Project so that other peers out there can benefit from the wisdom of these incredible millennial entrepreneurs and help us on our mission to empower you all to pursue what you're most passionate about through entrepreneurship. Okay, peers, without further ado, welcome Lizelle. Welcome to the Peers to Peers podcast. We're so excited to have you on the show today. Oh, thanks for inviting me, Michelle. I'm excited to be on here too. Amazing. So, you know, you and I recently connected and when I looked into you and all of the amazing work you're doing in the fintech space, I knew I had to have you come on the show. So I really appreciate you taking the time. Oh, thank you. Yeah, it's 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 nice to be on a podcast with you as well. I was having a look at you and I can see you're doing such amazing things as well. So it's nice to connect with a like-minded woman. Oh, I love it. I appreciate you. (laughs) I love that. (laughs) Perfect. So look, for those of us who don't know who you are and what you do, tell us a little bit about yourself. Yeah, absolutely. So as for those of you that don't know me, my full name is LaSalle Pratt. Um, So I'm originally from London, but I'm also 
half Thai as well. And um, at the moment, I run my own consultancy and we specialize in helping companies often deemed as high risk in financial services uh, obtain payment and banking solutions. Um, so the usual companies that we're helping are usually crypto businesses, CBD businesses, um, gambling, gaming, um, and usually, especially for the newer industries that are in place, um, banks tend to shy away from those industries because, because they don't fully understand it. Um, so that's where we come in and help and we provide them with alternative banking solutions um, through fintech companies and also um, other payment solutions that they may need as well. Ah, so cool, Liz. <laughs> I love it. And I can't wait to dive deeper into your work and the business and what you're doing. But before we do, I'd love to start with a question that I've often found to be very insightful and revealing. And that is, what was it like growing up in the UK and in London? And how has that impacted the choices you've made in your life and in your career so far? Uh, well, that's a good question, because I didn't actually grow up all, all my life in London I actually moved around quite a bit um so I probably moved around over 30 times when I was growing up wow. <laughs> yeah it was um I never felt like I was home anywhere and I felt quite um unsettled so I was I guess I was just always out of my comfort zone but I lived in um all around all around uh, southern Spain uh, and also in Thailand as well so cool. Oh my goodness. What was that like? You know, 30 different places and you're growing up and you're trying to figure out like who you are, what everything's about. How did you navigate that, especially through kind of your teen years? Um, so luckily, so when I was in Thailand, we, we'd moved around. So we was living in Bangkok, but we did move around quite a lot through houses. So we was there for five years from like 10 to 15 <sighs> Um, but when I moved from Spain to Thailand, it was a proper culture shock for me because I, my mum's from Thailand, but I still had no idea what the culture would be like and I had nowhere to do any research either. So yeah, it was a complete culture shock and it was just, yeah, looking back at it, it was nice because I feel like it's made me more aware of the world and culturally I'm, I'm more open as well. Uh, so I feel like it's given me an advantage of that because I've obviously traveled quite a bit since I was young and I'm pretty open to different cultures and trying new things. I guess that's probably why I've been so um, such a risk taker in my life, just starting businesses. And I feel like because I've always been out of my comfort zone, it's 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 nothing new to me. I love that. For our peers out there listening who perhaps I didn't have, you know, the opportunity to move around and be thrown into these uncomfortable situations, you know, what advice would you give to us around building that confidence and view of the world when you haven't really been exposed to much? So that's a good question. So I guess for people who haven't probably traveled around a lot, reads, I think to me, I see life as a, I'm a complete student to life and I see there's always so much to learn and discover in life. So if you're reading different things that you like and watching documentaries about the world, so then that will give you an advantage to obviously become more culturally open to, to, to different cultures and everything around you as well. So reading, uh, taking in, um, just learning, just learning about everything. Learning about everything. I love that. Yeah, everything that you're interested in. Yeah. yeah, that's what I love to do. If you're interested in a topic, do some research on it, just delve deeper into it. And 
Yeah, it's fun. Learning's fun. It is fun. It is fun. <laughs> I think though, you know, formal learning can be sometimes a bit of a, you know, a bit different to the fun learning that we can do when we dive deep into the topics that we like. You know, for you kind of moving around in your, you know, heading into your early 20s, what was that university or college experience like if you had any? And and if not, you know, what was that time like for you? And I guess what were some of the biggest learnings that you had? Uh, so actually, I didn't go to university. And funnily, funnily enough, when you said, oh, yeah, formal education can be quite difficult to the way you'd like to be educated I was uh, a terrible student I was complete d student um and I just never listened to my teachers either I just it, it just wasn't for me and I knew um when I as soon as I finished school that I did not want to continue any more formal education um and I always knew when I was growing up when I was a teenager that I wanted to have my own business that was just the route that I was going to go down. And um, when I went into the corporate world, I knew what I was, my plan was to gain as much experience as I could in the corporate world and then um, finally figure out what business I wanted to run and start. Um, so I actually, when I was 16, actually, I've, to be fair, I've always been quite entrepreneurial minded growing up. I used to sell jewelry in school to the kids around me and also it's like sweets and stuff like that uh, and then also when I was 16 I launched a jewelry a jewelry business selling in Camden Market I don't know for those of you that don't know Camden Market it's a quite a famous market in London <laughs> and there was me a 16 year old just selling jewelry there um, and then when I was 20 I set up a vintage clothing business as well um, and then I did that for a couple of years and then I finally decided to, cause I was still, that was my side hustle. I was still in the corporate world, but then I, I just, I decided with me and my partner that was going to start, um, uh, a finance company, um, a consultancy. So yeah, fast forward a few years from now, here we are. Here we are. Wow, Liz, I did not expect that you just dive deep into all these businesses, you know. You mentioned that you moved around a lot and therefore you had to get into uncomfortable situations. But, you know, was there any other contributing factors you think to your bravery and courage to just go out there and sell earrings at Camden Market on the weekend, you know? <laughs> um, I guess so as well when I was growing up, I pretty much I was quite an independent kid because my parents were very busy like working and stuff. So I was pretty much left to grow up on my own and I'd always just make my own food and take myself to school and everything like that. And um, I guess that's where my independence came from and my courage to do things and, and get out there. Just being independent since since birth. I mean, I remember when I was uh, six or seven years old, I was making my own packed lunch and stuff like that. Wow. What do you think that taught you on a more kind of, deeper or personal level you know having to pack your own lunches having to do it all yourself seeing your parents work hard so you guys could you know obviously live and whatnot like you know what what do you think that taught you on that deeper level and for our peers out there listening who are struggling with that independence piece you know what advice would you have to us um you have to rely so I guess you have to rely on yourself like the only person that's going to get you from A to B and do it in the most efficient ways is yourself so 
you are the CEO of your life, you're in control of it. So you have to, if you want something done, then, and yeah, you've got to do it yourself. Just take initiative and, and get things done. Was there a time where you felt like you weren't the CEO of your own life and that you were just really struggling and like you couldn't work it out and things weren't going your way? Like if, if so, like how did you navigate through that? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, all through my teenagers, I was so just all over the place. I was so lost. I got suspended from school a few times. So I guess from there, I just was not right of being able to be the CEO of my life. Um, but yeah, it was uh, navigating through that. I think what actually really helped me and, and got my mind into saying, okay, it's this is your life and you have the opportunity to make it what you want. If you don't take control of it, then it's just going to, it's not going to work for you. And it's, you can go either way. So I, I started reading uh, business books. And one of the first books that I read was uh, Girl Boss by S- Sophia Amoroso. And that just really motivated me and get, helped me gain confidence because she had the same experience as what I did um, for my teenagers growing up. Because um, obviously she never went to school. She was quite rebellious as well. So it was like an inspiration. Like, oh, actually, I can be someone if I put my mind to it. And I can achieve great things uh, without going for a formal education and without going through the traditional route as well. So as long as I put my mind to something and dedicate time and hard work, then it's anything is possible. I love that. (laughs) You know, I want to dive a bit deeper into the story. So you're in your early 20s, you know that school isn't for you and you're in the corporate world. You know, I saw that you, I think you were like an FX broker uh, or a corporate FX broker for about almost four years, three Mm -hmm. and a half years there, um, kind of before you decided to go out and start your business now. Mm -hmm. Could you talk to us a little bit about your time in corporate and I guess what it taught you about yourself and the world around you? Um, yeah, absolutely. It's, to be honest, it was quite um, an odd experience for me because it was quite a challenging out of comfort zone, but also odd experience because I started off in a, it was a FX industry and finance as a whole. It's a very male dominated industry. Um, my first company I joined, I was literally the only woman on the, on the trading and sales floor and the first woman to have joined the company as well. So it was quite yeah a lot of the men still didn't really know how to act around uh women as well and what i realize is the world is actually still we still got a long way to go for equality so unfortunately that's 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 what i realized in the corporate world that there's still a lot of people out there that just um they need to improve on their how they act to women <laughs> so i had a lot of um like sexist sexist remarks towards me as well so for example i had People tell me that women don't belong in the industry to my face. I can recall people that I can recall out of my hand, three people that told me that. Um, Yeah. And especially on um, International Women's Day as well. um, They said women belong in the kitchen to me. So it's just, (laughs) (laughs) so there's still a long way to go. I mean, like. I, I, I shouldn't be in shock, but I'm like my face right now, if you guys could see me. Oh my goodness. I'm 
honestly so sorry you went through that. And you know what? I think we do. We still have such a long way to go. And I think as young women in particular, those of us who also think we can take on the world, sometimes when we go into those situations and those organizations, we just find ourselves in a place that we almost can't believe still exists. Mm -hmm, Exactly. Yeah. How did you navigate that nasty culture? And How did you not let it, or obviously it probably did affect you, but, you know, how did you navigate through it so that you could still progress and keep going? Um, So I guess to me, I didn't really know anything different. So I thought this was, so I guess I didn't really know what um, like a proper mixed company would be like. So it was just normal to me to have to experience that, even though I didn't experience that growing up. um, It was just, part of my normal life so just have to develop thick skin uh, resilience and yeah I mean this was the industry that I wanted to go into uh, I wasn't going to let those types of remarks put me down and stop me from achieving what my goals and what I want to do. How can we stick to our guns when people are telling us that we shouldn't? Just ignore them to be honest they're always going to be people who try and put you down and doubt you, uh, doubt your abilities, just ignore them, to be honest. If you know in yourself that you're capable and you can do things and just you have to be confident in yourself, you have to believe in yourself. That's the most important thing. Obviously, there's always going to be people who try and put you down and doubt you and, and everything like that. So as long as you know that and you can develop thick skin to not let other people's words affect you, then you'll be fine. But obviously, it did affect me when I was there because it did, it did have an impact on me. It was because I... I was obviously just trying to make it in the industry and having not having the support there was quite difficult, which is actually one of the reasons why I want to help young women out there who are going through this. I want to be the support for them. I want to I want to raise more awareness for this because it's unacceptable and there needs to be more awareness around it and there needs to be also consequences for these actions. Amen. Yes. Absolutely. Oh, Liz. Okay. So you're going through it all and three and a half years in, you have this idea to start your own business, which is capitalized. You know, you said that you always knew you wanted to do this and you wanted to go get into this. Where did that come from for you? And where did the idea for your business come about? Um, so one thing that I noticed, so it was me and my partner's idea. Um, so we're in business together. And one thing we noticed was a lot of, there's a few industries out there that aren't getting properly serviced, uh, especially the newer ones, like we mentioned, the crypto industry and also CBD, because it's still new and it's it's still a developing industry or actually could say it's developing. Crypto is pretty much all out there now, but they're, the traditional banks, they still, they're shying away from them because obviously CBD is related to cannabis, uh, crypto, there's been a lot of um, bad press in there. But now that the regulations are coming in, it's becoming more mainstream, it is helping. But um, it was just noticing that there was a gap in the market for it and that these industries need help. Um, And when we started it, we had so many companies come to us We've had so many people referring business to us and it's just skyrocketed from there, really. So cool. So, you know, when you realise that gap in the market, where did the passion come from here? Or was it just a pure, 
this is a business decision that we're going to go off and do this thing? Or was there passion behind this idea to fill this gap? Uh, yeah, exactly. So we've actually also got um, like a standard, like a normal vanilla FX company. So we, we help import exporters buy and sell currency. But then after afterwards, we decided that there is a gap in the market and we do want to do this. So yeah, we just started it. I mean, we had nothing to lose, to be honest. Like we, we know that there's a gap and just see how it goes. You know, if you've got an idea, you've got to go for it. And if it works, it works. If it doesn't, then you know what I always say that it's good to fail things in life because if you're not failing, you're not putting yourself out there for growth. So that's how I see life. I love that. Where did you gain the courage to quit your job and just dive headfirst into this? You know, I think so many of us, we get given so much conflicting advice around this. It's if you're passionate about this business, quit everything and just dive headfirst. And others say, oh, no, 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 keep your job and just keep it, you know, keep that income coming through while you're still navigating through the idea. You know, what would be your take on this and your advice to us? And what did you do? What did that look like for you? So when we started the business, we were pretty much um, kind of doing it on the side for a couple of months. But then we just, because we know we had a lot of contacts in the industry as well. I've got a lot of um, free working in the industry. I developed a, a good network of clients, of good partners as well. So me and my partner were pretty confident in our abilities. And we also managed to save some money behind us for when we do, because we knew that we'd probably go out, that we wouldn't be having like a normal salary for at least a few months. So having that back up in place, having enough money to cover bills and pay your rent, that's important. But um, to people that are looking to start a business, if you can, I would suggest um, building it up in the background whilst you're doing your full-time job. Um, and then once it's kind of like all the structures are in place and you feel confident, then definitely just go for it. Um, otherwise, if you can't, then make sure you have at least some money to sustain your life for a, a good few months, I'd say. It's probably to make it safe, keep it like six months plus enough savings for that. Yeah, you're going to need it. <laughs> you're going to need it. I definitely did. And you know what? Grateful for the journey, but it is one hell of a ride. It is, yeah. Can you talk to us a little bit about the early struggles? You know, so obviously you were confident going in. You were both confident. You would had a bit of a runway to keep you guys going. But what were some of the early challenges you faced in getting the business off the ground? And how did you navigate that? Um, so the early challenges, there's always going to be loads of challenges in the early (laughs) days, isn't there? But I think the probably the one that was most challenging for us. So when the pandemic hit last year in 2019, we was in Thailand in March, and then we ended up getting stuck out there for four months. Uh, it was nice. It was stuck on an island. (laughs) (laughs) So can't really complain. However, it kind of, (laughs) it kind of put us in the challenge zone of running a business from abroad, not in London, from Thailand, which is seven hours ahead. Um, and we were still new to running a business as well. So it was, it did put us on the brink of things like it proper got me out of my comfort zone. And I was, and obviously I had no idea where, the, what way the pandemic was going. And I was stuck in, I was stuck in Thailand and obviously my home is in London. So it was kind of like, am I ever going to be able to get home? Like what's going to happen? And, well, I had some money come in, but it wasn't like a, an ongoing thing. 
but then I just kind of did a 180 on myself and because I was actually experiencing anxiety a lot of the time. Of course. <laughs> so Absolutely. I started um, uh, meditating when I was there. I just started meditating every day uh, for like 30 minutes, 20, 30 minutes. And um, that really, really helped because it helped me be mindful and it helped me focus on the present and just to not worry about things that aren't happening. You know what I mean? And to focus on what actually needs to get me to A to B. How can we keep going when our world falls down or comes crashing down? We don't see the light at the end of the tunnel and we just think we've made the biggest mistake. How do we keep on going? I, I think in times like that, you have to um, you have to lean on the people around you for support. I think it's really helpful to speak to your friends, uh, speak to your family, because they're always going to be there for you no matter what. And if they can give you the love and the support that you need, and then that will sort of help you to see the light at the tunnel. Because most people have been through that sort of situation. So they're just going to help comfort you and make you feel better. And, and I think that that would really help being around friends and family and leaning on them and, and getting like love and support from them, which is, which is nice. Mm. I love that. What if our family thinks we're crazy for going after this idea and, (laughs) you know, why didn't we stay in the comfy, cushy corporate job, you know, that we work so hard to achieve? You know, how can we find our people when we feel like we're alone? So on that matter, you have to, to be honest, you have to find some people who are in business as well. I think it's good Mm -hmm. to have a, a good group of founder friends. So people who who are on the same boat as you that you can speak to when things are going wrong or like to celebrate your achievements. So it's it's nice to have that support with people that are on the same boat and they're trying to achieve similar things that you want to achieve as well. So that also helps because you can lean on them for the problems that you have. And then obviously most of them have been through the same things as well. So they'll give you some guidance and, and tips and stuff like that. I love it. Amazing. Oh my goodness, Liz, your journey. Wow. So, so (laughs) cool. So I've got a a couple of final questions. They might take us, you know, a bit, a while to get through, but one of them is what was your greatest failure and win to date? Um, to be honest, I would say, obviously I failed all the time growing up. However, I wouldn't say that I regret failing because failing when I was a teenager got me to where I am today. You know, if I went through the traditional university route, I probably would be working for a corporate job still and and I wouldn't be able to see, like, actually have things I want to achieve in life. Um, So I wouldn't say that was like a failure. I always see failure as a a way to learn as well, learn from your experiences, and, and it's a good thing to fail. Um, and then also I had um, one in business, we did lose one of our biggest clients at the start of the year and that was tough. Um, but then to me, me and my partner, what we did was just, it's part of the parcel, isn't it? And it's always going to happen in business. And it's it's not how you handle yourself. It's, well, it's actually how you handle yourself when you're down. That's going to get you to the success that you need to do um, and get your company to where it needs to go. So we've obviously now we've recovered from that Um, and our strategy has been just getting more and more clients on not focusing on always the bigger clients focusing on also like the small medium ones to just 
make up the fact that if one big client goes, it's not going to be so detrimental and you're not going to feel it. So it's just, um, yeah, also learning how to run a business. It, it taught me that and taught me, <laughs> but it was just all about being resilient and persevering when things are, when shit hits the fan, basically. Oh, yes. I hear <laughs> you and I feel you. And your biggest win? Um, I would say getting on Forbes earlier this year. I mean, honestly, when I woke up in the morning, uh, funny enough, I was in my meditating session because I always meditate every morning. Um, my partner saw it first, but he, because I always tell him, do not interrupt me when I'm meditating. <laughs> Otherwise, I'll literally just stare back. Stand yeah. Because <laughs> it, it interrupts me. And I don't want that. Absolutely. <laughs> and so before that, he used to just walk in on my meditation. I was like, no, you can't no. do that. Stop, please. Yeah. <laughs> it's not good. Um, <laughs> so he actually found out first. And then, well, he sent me the link and I was like, oh, oh that was so, I, I just couldn't believe it. And I went out, I had a go at him because I was like, why did you not come in and tell me? How could you not like just barge in? He's like, oh, because you were meditating. Um, <laughs> but yeah, when, as soon as I found out, I was just, <laughs> I was so just, I just couldn't believe it because like, I just couldn't believe like someone like me who's been through so much as a kid growing up um, and just obviously I didn't go through the traditional university route as well. Just someone like me being able to do achieve something like that made me feel really good about myself and just proud as well. It was a really proud moment for me. Oh, yes, absolutely. And that's such a massive <laughs> congrats. And to be honest, um, Liz, that's how we came across you. And so like I can't even imagine the feeling it's so so well deserved and oh, thank you yeah you know now just hearing your journey and everything you've been through you really just you know you realize that there is light at the end of the tunnel even if it doesn't work out for you for a decade or you know during the time yeah. when everyone thinks oh this is when it should be working out it's like no life is long there's a lot more post high school and I think you're mm -hmm. just the example of that yeah, exactly. Um, and thanks for that as well. It's life is what you make it. So if you want to make it, it's make it what you like, you know, you have to put in the time. If, if you see something that you're passionate about, go after it. Um, for me, my passion is probably, um, I love business. I love building businesses and I love strategy and, and everything like that. I'm super passionate and I wake up every day and I really do enjoy what I do, which is important in, in your day-to-day -day life. If you're doing something that you don't enjoy, then what's the point? Because uh, you spend your whole working day doing it. So you have to be able to enjoy it. You know what I mean? Absolutely. And that's literally what this our entire podcast is about. It's finding that thing, your thing that you can lean into, mm -hmm. that you can make your full-time gig and you can just enjoy and have so much more fulfillment in your life. Mm -hmm. I love that. Oh, my goodness, Liz. Okay, I've got two final questions for you mm -hmm. the first one is what are three key pieces of advice that you would give our peers out there listening that you wish you got when you were just starting out um so I would say um life is too short to not follow what you truly want so go for it um it's also super important to make sure you believe in yourself as well because if you don't believe in yourself no one else is going to who, who else will so you have to believe in yourself and your mission. Um, also, it's important if you want to grow in life, then you're going to have to take risks as well. 
Um, I always say high risk, high reward. So if you're going into starting your business, you're going into a high risk. Obviously, that's high risk for you. So and if you work on growing it, you get a much better reward than you would working with an employer, for example. Um, and yeah, that's, I, I would say that also um, for people that are starting to look at, have clear goals as well on, on what you want to achieve and also work on them every single day. For me, I've got my goals on my desk and I look at them every day. Um, also, what's important is focusing on your needle movers the things that are going to get you from A to B, because um, I'm sure a lot of people go through this, but in, when you're running a business, you're going to do so many things. And you're also, there's going to be things that you're going to do that is just not productive and not worth your time. If that makes sense, you could be just wasting your time doing pointless things that aren't going to get your, your needle movers to grow the business and make you money. So focusing on your needle movers and what are, is really going to help grow the company is important. Mm love that yes yes <laughs> i just want to take a moment to acknowledge you lizelle and liz you know for the incredible work you've done and that you're doing you know for showing us in particularly us young ambitious women of color and ambitious females that if we have that goal that vision and that dream we actually can turn it into our reality regardless of what people say and what society thinks and so for that we really appreciate you oh thank you i mean absolutely it's we're in the 21st century now so it's time for us to fight for equality and get our mark in the world. Do you know what I mean? Absolutely. We're doing this. Absolutely. We are <laughs> doing awareness. this. Yes. Not saying no. <laughs> yes. I love it. We got to <laughs> Absolutely. So Liz, look, the final question is how we finish every episode of the Peers to Peers podcast. And that is, mm-hmm. what is the value of pursuing what you're most passionate about? I guess the value to pursue what you're most passionate about is probably personal satisfaction in life you're going to feel so satisfied if you're going after what you want and I always say time is money and you need to spend your time wisely because you're never going to get it back it's probably one of the most valuable commodities in the world because once it's gone it can never be bought back so following what you're passionate about is going to help you to achieve life satisfaction yeah so exactly that it's it's super important and as I say time is money and spend it wisely it's it's your day every day that you're spending if you're going to be working on something you have to enjoy it i love it liz ladies and gentlemen (laughs) thank you so much we've had an absolute blast where can we learn more about you and capitalize so definitely follow me on linkedin um i often do posts on there so you can learn all about me i'll um also leave my website somewhere so it's it's capitalized.com but you can also find that on my linkedin as well uh so yeah give me a follow connect with me that'll be great perfect we'll link them up in the show notes (laughs) thank you so much again it's been so awesome and for everyone else listening we'll end with that thank you for tuning in to the latest episode of the peers to peers podcast powered by shopify Remember, peers, we're here to help you turn your passion into a business. And so is Shopify. And so if you're looking to start your biz, head to shopify.com.au for your 14-day free trial. Peers, that's a wrap. 
We hope you've enjoyed your introduction to our latest guest beer and that you find them as gung-ho as we do, which is our way of saying inspirational. For more, make sure to subscribe to our show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts, and leave us a review. We produce with passion, and it doesn't stop here. To see what else we're up to, visit thepeersproject.com or follow us on Instagram at thepeersproject. We'll have fresh, real talk for you next week, peers. Until then, if you need inspiration, look amongst your peers. <laughs>